As I sat on my couch in my half-packed-up duplex, I was staring at the empty browser on our laptop. What I needed to search for was something that just two days ago wasn't even in my periphery. The day before, I'd been at the funeral home making arrangements for Albert's cremation, obituary, and memorial service, and to see his body one last time. The funeral director gave me a pamphlet filled with different urn options. I leafed through it, not seeing one that I or Albert would have deemed appropriate. They were all gaudy as hell and ridiculously expensive. So there I was, sitting on my couch, not believing what I was about to do. In my open browser, I typed in Amazon.com. In the Amazon search bar, I typed the word urn. Truly, That is a moment I will never forget, and a moment I still chuckle about, because if I can order a bed frame, a bulk box of Hostess zebra cakes, and baby bottles, why not an urn? It is Amazon, after all. Right now, if you go to Amazon and type in urn, there are around 10,000 choices. So yeah, they have us in life and in death. After much deliberation, I made my decision and placed my order for two urns, one for me and one for his mother. If you had told me one year ago, even eight months ago, hell, even the day before he died, that I would be searching Amazon for an urn, I probably would have looked at you like you were the worst person I'd ever talked to. But after nearly six months of grieving and evolving, I find the humor in all of it. I even laughed about it while ordering them, because if I learned anything from Albert, it was to laugh. I'm a 32-year-old widow with a two-year-old son. At my age, this isn't supposed to happen to me, but it did. It truly doesn't make sense sometimes, and you know what? That's okay. Am I confused? Yes. Is this going to get weird? It already has. Am I scared? Shitless. Let's go down the widow rabbit hole together. Thank you for listening. This is How I Got Back to My Childhood Bedroom. As I hit the little magnifying glass to confirm my search, I couldn't believe what my life was. The fact that I could even do that still blows my mind, because sitting in our living room surrounded by all of our things was enough to send me into a meltdown. But there I was, just two days after Albert's death, having to make one of a million hard decisions and keeping it together, mostly. In the corner of our dining room was the bag of Albert's stuff from the hospital, staring at me. In it was his Green Bay Packers hoodie, his wedding ring, and a few other items that I don't remember. Next to it were the shoes he wore the last time I saw him. They were just sitting there, empty, never to be filled by his feet again. They felt like intruders. I looked around from my spot on the couch and watched as my family and friends packed up our life, a life I didn't think I would have to leave so soon. I knew I couldn't stay in this house. I knew that I would need help, time, love, and support. So our son, Theo, our dog, Petunia, and I took the leap from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and moved in with my parents in Fredericksburg, Virginia, my hometown. As I entered my childhood home, I felt a calm come over me. As I entered my bedroom, I felt solitude surround me. Here I was, a 32-year-old woman living in my childhood bedroom again. I looked around my room and saw remnants of a young woman's life just beginning to blossom. My sweet, 15-year-old self with her head in the clouds. This room contains so many memories and tangible evidence from a life well lived. 
I started to work through my closet to make room for the few items I brought. I found some of my favorite tops I used to wear, specifically this silky black and pink wrap swirly type top. (laughs) I loved that top so much and it is very much indicative of the time period, but you know, I loved it. And I had my senior pictures taken in it. My parents actually have one of those pictures framed on the stairwell. It is the biggest picture of my face ever. (laughs) I continued to rummage and found an old pair of bowling shoes that I had stolen from a now defunct bowling alley. I wish I could say that I actually did steal them because that sounds way more badass, but it was an accident. My friend Caitlin and I had gone bowling one night and I literally just walked out holding them and put them in her Jeep along with my other items and didn't even blink, only to realize when she dropped me off at home, I had them. That Jeep of hers held many a sing-off and so much shit talking. She was older than me and much cooler than me. As I continued to clean my room and unpack some belongings, I couldn't help but feel this pull to just sit and reflect. I can look around and see everything that has happened here, from the scrapbooking I did as a teen to our son Theo's first New Year's Eve, where Albert held him and they both slept through midnight. Here in my childhood bedroom, I am free to dream and grow again, if I can let myself Because when you lose your spouse, your entire world is turned upside down. It is not that they just died and you go on. It is the loss of stability, both financially and emotionally. The loss of the life that was supposed to be or could have been. It is the loss of the one person you could tell anything to. The one person who knew you better than anyone and loved you anyway. There are so many things I wish I could tell that 15-year-old girl but there are things that I can learn from her too. If I could sit down with her, I would look her in the eye and tell her that life, life isn't going to go as you plan it. It is messy and complicated and confusing, but life is a stunning series of little moments that will awaken your soul and go by too quickly. Try to savor them. That beauty is in the love and joy you share with others and that if given the choice between loving and losing or never loving at all, always choose love. Now, if 15-year-old me could sit down with current me, she would remind me that dreams are never dumb, that while dreams may seem out of reach, reach for them anyways. She would let me know that friends are forever. She would tell me to take a thousand pictures and frame every single one. She would tell me to eat that ice cream because it makes me happy. She would also tell me to do karaoke to want to be by the Spice Girls. (laughs) But she would tell me that she is scared for the future, which I would reply, same. As I take a deep breath and take in my new but familiar surroundings, I only hope that I can somehow fuse these two parts of me back together the woman who has seen death up close, and the girl who was filled with so much hope her heart might burst. Watching Albert die in front of me on the hospital table will forever be something I wish I never had to witness. But I am so honored, grateful, and glad that I did, and that I was there for him in his last minutes of life. Albert's death is tragic, as anyone's death is tragic, but I can only speak from my experience. Grief is very personal. It is not linear. It does not fit neatly into any box. Grief is, well, grief. 
I cannot tell anyone else how to do it because they will have their own journey with it, either now or sometime in the future, because unfortunately, no one can escape it. It is as an integral part of life as birth. It is something we all share in but have such a hard time showing. I held my grief in at first. Then I let it fly and it hit someone I love. A couple weeks after moving into my parents' home, my mom brought up something about the dishes. And I lost it. How could she even think about dishes at a time like this, I thought. How could she speak to me about such trivial things? And then I started to scream about how I was never going to have any more children because what my mom didn't know when she said something seemingly so benign was that I had just been upstairs in the bathroom crying. Crying because I had gotten my period. I remember sitting on the toilet and seeing the blood in my underwear and tears beginning to stream down my face. That blood was a reminder of lost hope. A reminder of the children Albert and I would never have but were so very much wanted. And then the possibility that I may never have any more children of my own, let alone find someone else to love me. I was left to be alone for the rest of my life. It was like a smack in the face and my bottled up emotions came pouring out like a waterfall on everyone around me. My mom began to sob. I stood there, quiet. Something I had forgotten in all of this was that while my life had changed, so had hers. She now had her oldest daughter, her two-year-old grandson, and a dog living in her house after years of empty nesting. But also, she had just lost her son-in-law. She was grieving too. Perspective is everything when you finally come down from an emotional outburst. You can see a little more clearly. And while I feel terrible for that moment, it taught me something. I cannot hold my grief in. In order to live and love and dream like that 15-year-old girl, I have to let it out. Relearning how to dream and hope after loss, I guess sounds a little silly. Like, why or how do you have to relearn how to do something that is supposed to come so naturally? Well, when you have a whole future planned and it is suddenly ripped from you, trust me, all hope seems to die right along with that person. Where there was once a clear picture now feels like one of those frosted windows you find in a bathroom. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a room with no door. The only thing there is, is one of those damn frosted windows. Then, water starts rushing in from tiny cracks in the room, and you are afraid you might drown if you don't do something, if you don't fight. Then you think, what the hell? Why am I in a tiny room with no door and only this stupid window? How did I get here? But then you see the glow of light coming from each pane in that frosted window. If only you could somehow figure out how to get to that glow. One by one, you break each pane. Blood trickling down your hands and arms. You are cut and bloodied, but finally each pane is broken and all the light is shining in at full force. You feel its warmth and take a deep breath. You wash the blood as best as you can, but there is still work left to do. Standing there slowly, being weighed down by your heavy, wet clothing, you muster up the strength to put your hurting hands on the window frame. As you pull it with all your might, you scream. 
after what feels like the moment after their last breath was taken. The frame breaks and you collapse backward into the now chest-high water. You float for a moment, the water washing over you and rinsing the blood from your body. Then you come up gasping for air and start to push yourself over the window ledge and tumble headfirst to the other side. You lay there, confused, scared, vulnerable, yet oddly peaceful. You are so tired, but you get up and look around. You turn to look at that broken frosted window you fought so hard to break through to find it not broken at all and much more translucent than what you thought it was. And there is no water, only your battered, sweaty body as you made this miraculous transition. You walk up to the window and you see him. You see your happy family and all the beautiful memories you made. You see him laugh and smile looking at your perfect son just born. You see him crying as he watches you walk down the aisle at your wedding, the day you had anticipated for so long. You see it. You see it all because it has never left you, and it never will. While you were struggling to stay afloat, you lost sight of all the beautiful moments you made together. Everything was tainted. But as you got stronger, you started to see the light. You started to see that there was another way. That while you will always miss him and long for him in the life you could have had, it is okay to move forward. It is okay to look to the future because the past will never be forgotten. It doesn't mean that you love him any less. And it is okay to feel broken. It doesn't mean that you are unworthy of living a full, beautiful life because you are so deserving, deserving of love, understanding, everything. You and I have faced the darkness and will continue to face it, but we are not alone. We have each other. We have our family and friends. We have our memories and pictures. While those are not them, they are something to treasure. My heart is breaking every day, but piece by piece I am finding fragments of that 15-year-old girl who sings show tunes at the top of her lungs and wrote love notes to her crushes even though they would never receive them. I look at myself in the mirror and see someone who has endured so much but still has more left to give. I have hope. I have dreams. I wish for so many things. I know that it will be a long road and that while I know how strong I am, other people may doubt me. But as long as I have Albert and the knowledge of myself in my heart, I know that where I'm going is beyond my wildest imaginations. That 15-year-old girl, she hasn't seen anything yet. So while at times it may feel impossible to get out of bed in the morning, to make yourself breakfast, to put on clothing that isn't PJs, know that you are going to get through this. And it is not about perfection. You will have bad days, but you will also have amazing days. You may feel guilty, and that is normal. But I think if you look in your heart, you know your loved one would want you to thrive for me, it is about finding little moments of joy and not letting one sad moment define the rest of my day. 
I can only hope that we can help each other. I would love to hear from you, whether it be questions, comments, your own personal stories, or topics you would like to hear discussed. Please visit anchor.fm slash Brianna Simpson and click on the send voice message button. I'm Brianna, your friendly, quirky, next door widow. Thank you for listening. This is how I got back to my childhood bedroom.